Why not? And we're live! Welcome to episode 62 of Fans of Power. I am Joe Amato, and I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler T-Rex Baker. And now, T-Rex, we had a little uh, hiccup on Sunday. We uh, we had William Stout on for those that were trying to listen, and YouTube had an issue, and unfortunately, we couldn't finish that episode. And I know that was a bummer, and uh, yeah, it kind of like put us all out of our spirits, huh? Uh, if I didn't have to worry about messing this up, I'd just flip this, you know, table over right now just to show you how pissed off I was about that. Well, the good thing is he'll be coming back this Sunday, and so hopefully there'll be no YouTube issues. Everything will run smoothly, and that'll be good. So hopefully, yes, this Sunday we'll have uh, William Stout on, and it'll be uh, error-free. So let's just cross our fingers and hope for the best. Yeah, but, uh confirmed for this Sunday. So any, anybody who's questioning or wondering what ifs and stuff, no, we have got confirmation. Mr. Stout will be joining us this Sunday. So at the same time, so... We're, we're doing there you go. to make up for the difference of the lost episode that we we did our best to, to try and, and, and deliver. But unfortunately, some uh, evil douchebags put the kibosh on that. <laughs> exactly. But so, uh, yeah. So just in case fans are wondering, what in the heck are we doing here on Tuesday? It's like, well, we still got to get an episode to you. So we always have an episode every week. And thank you, Dirt, for recording us on Tuesday. It's a different day, but hey. Still getting it in, giving fans something. So uh, before we get into discussion on a couple, you know, topics we have, uh, Tyler, did you have a couple shout-outs to some fans that you wanted to do in particular? Yeah, yeah. Um, before I get to a, a question I was asked, um, uh, I got, we, you know, we, we seem to have got a, a lot of good uh, feedback from the previous episode, the the first of 2017. Yes. Um, some of them seemed very specific about what, what they really enjoyed and appreciated. And um, I just want to take time to, uh, to give uh, shout outs to, uh, you know, Dan Rice, Bruce Mitchell, uh, Jose Ramirez, who just contacted me recently today and, uh, and, and uh, was very um, enthusiastic about, you know, things that were addressed. And uh, I thank you guys for that. And uh, Mr. Walt Hancock, who, uh, <coughs> excuse me, who pretty much uh, compared us to uh, uh, a heel wrestler and his manager of with Joe B, Mr. Fuji. Don't know how that happened, but you're and, right. I, 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 became I, guess, Fuji. I guess I could have been, uh, uh, I don't know, because I, I instantly think of uh, Bobby Heenan along with Mr. Perfect or something like that. So I, but uh, he, he compared us to heel wrestlers cutting promos essentially on, on the last episode, which was, which was quite, quite flattering. So, well, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. I need a clarification here. Did Tyler just call himself Mr. Perfect? No, 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 no. Well, if we want to go that route, why not? I am a big Kurt Hanning fan myself, but I don't have any gum to spit up in the air and smack. I don't have a towel with me at the moment here, but um, <laughs> uh, if you can cue like a Mr. Perfect's theme into this episode in the audio version, that would be fantastic. <laughs> That's great, but yeah. Anyway. Yep. Walt is a he's a dedicated he's a dedicated listener. We always appreciate what Walt and well what everybody has to say. So that's great. So those were your shout outs that you got from I mean the fans and some of the things. And uh also, yeah, I was gonna say I wanted to give a shout out to Paul Rudman. He's always a great guy. You know, he's always listening to the show. He's he's a cool guy. He does a lot of things for people, and uh, you know, I just want to give him a shout out. I also wanted to uh Benjamin Scott Spencer. He's uh, you know, he makes custom figures and stuff and loves the five and a half inch figures and styles like that. So uh want to give him a shout out too, because uh, 
there was something cool that happened this week, just absolutely unexpected. And it's just, like I said, fans and just friends in general are just amazing. Yesterday, I got a package in the mail. And I didn't remember ordering anything off of eBay. It was a severed head, wasn't it? What is that? Was it a severed head? You know, what's in the box? You know, people like good stuff will know what I'm talking about. There you go. Yeah, sure, sure. No, that was another package. No, but uh, I got a package. And I didn't remember ordering anything off of eBay for parts or anything. So I seen a name. And it's from a friend off of Facebook. And I thought, am I doing a custom for him? And he's sending me these parts, you know, to work. I didn't know what it was. So I opened it up. And inside was, now this, they were both sealed, but I opened this one. This is cool. Son of Zorn, five and a half inch figure. I knew these oh, things, isn't this, this is freaking bananas. I mean, I knew these things were coming out, but I didn't know they're out already. And he just, I mean, out of the kindness of his heart, just, he found these and sent them to me for like a Christmas gift. Just, he said, man, he said, I love hearing your podcast. He was like, you're always a cool guy. And he's like, I just wanted to, you know, get you something. I was like, Thing, man, this this stuff blows me away. How I just like I said, I was just I lost for words yesterday, and almost right now as I was talking, just I can't believe what people do. And I'm gonna get you back. And his name is uh, Peter Parker Quinones. Uh, I hope I said your last name right. Um, he did this, man. This you don't know what this means to me. This is so cool. So I opened him up, and it's Zorn. And for the people that are wondering out there, he does have his bald spot sculpted on the back of his head. So there you go. He's got his bald spot, but. Also, this is what looks like uh, Carded. Now, this is his his office version, and I didn't open them yet, but I said, you know what? I'll open them right here live on the show. What the heck? Just and Like I said, it shows uh, the two figures, some scenes from the show, but, man, I was like, I just can't believe, like I said, what people do. And I said, well, I'm going to open this thing on the camera live so I could just see, uh, like I said, see what he looks like, but let's see. This is him with his, uh, well, like I said, basically the same thing. He's got his, uh, you know, his sword, but uh, there he is in his office shirt and everything. This, this is so cool. So, so I got well, both. Be part of a gesture. Yeah, that's what I mean. So there they are. These are the little boys together right there. The two Zorns, one in office, one in barbarian form. So, man, Peter, just thanks, man. I like I said, I'm I'm gonna get you back. Don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna repay. I'm gonna pay it forward. So. This just, like I said, had me at a loss for words, so I really appreciate that. Awesome. That was really cool of him. That was. It was. So that's. So thank you again. And, well, I guess from that, uh, you know, just mentioning that and talking about some of the figures, well, I guess it's a good transition because there's, there's some figures or characters from the vintage line that you don't ever really hear much of. And that's the dinosaurs from, you know, the Powers of Grayskull line. And we both have our impressions. But, Tyler, when did you first remember seeing them? Were they in used form, new at the store, from the mini-comics? How did you first see the three dinosaurs? Uh, my granddaddy bought me the T-Rex uh, when I was visiting in Pennsylvania. And that was my first time um, being, becoming aware of, of this which I just thought it's dinosaurs and He-Man. I'm like, you know, it didn't really register me register to me that this was going in another direction because I was probably four, four years old at the time. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think it was before I started elementary school. So, um, which blew me away. I, the T-Rex I just thought was incredible, um, and I used him. I used my King Hiss with him, and uh, I, I was 
the packaging was incredible. The mini comic is what um, really drove me nuts because that's when it showed me Squeeze for the first time. And I'm thinking, who the hell is this guy? The guy with the long arm. Who is that? <laughs> and uh, just to see, you know, the uh, that was my first time, I think, seeing the three towers. And, uh, uh, of course, wondering who, who Hero was, or at the time it's the shattered figure, that, that drove me nuts as a little guy going back and, looking at this mini comic again and again and again and again, and just trying to think who the hell could this have been? And, and it, it, it did, it wasn't until I think uh, the early days of the internet where I, I think I, I was able to put that information together that it was hero. Okay. What, what they were going to do. So, and then I ended up getting the uh, uh, turbo dactyl not too long after the T-Rex. All right. Did you ever get by on the tops or you never got him? No, and oddly enough, the Triceratops has always been my favorite dinosaur. And as a kid, when I saw him in the minicom, I'm like, I want Bionatops. And honestly, I don't remember seeing him ever. And and honestly, I, my granddaddy bought me both the Turbodactyl and, and the uh, the T-Rex, which he lived he lived in Pennsylvania at the time. So I, I don't recall seeing any of the dinosaurs and in my local department stores in, in my area as a kid. Um, if, if they were there, I clearly just missed him or didn't see him but i've wanted to buy on tops probably more than than the other two once i realized that he was you know a character i'm like oh, i want i want i want the, the triceratops but i do have him now he's met in box i got him for like oh you do have him in, in box i got him for like 20 bucks at brian's toys years ago when i was in high school they were they had like a, a sale going on i got him got him dirt cheap mint in the box so he's sitting right over well, let me see. I gotta see that. I want to see the condition of that. That's that's bananas. Oh man, that looks it, oh, that looks like great condition from here. It's I know oh, the light probably doesn't, but it's it's pretty pretty fantastic shape. The the car, I mean the the box art, everything is yeah severely bent up. I've kept it probably on display for so long. I got it sitting over here on some uh, empty boxes of like Monstroid and the uh. uh artillery accessory and stuff like that so. well that's probably one of the best twenty dollar purchases you could have made right there oh, I, I, I was buying he-man toys back when when people were selling you know mosquito for 20 bucks men on card from a, a toy oh. shop in new jersey so th this was back back when you could get a lot of these these figures i mean still relatively <laughs> cheap before you know, everything becomes inflated because people think, oh, it's old. It's from the 80s. Slap a $200 price tag on it. You know? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's boxed or loose. But no. no, as for me with the whole dinosaurs and everything, it's like, I remember when I first seen them, I was at the store called Cook's. And Cook's, you'd think it's a, a grocery store, but it's not. I mean, it was a department store. But it was at a time when it was going out of business. But right before they went out of business, they got in, you know, new stuff, and they had some new figures. And since they were clearing out, I remember walking in, and I seen the three dinosaurs, and they were all being clearanced really cheap. But, I, I mean, I'm just freaking out because, I mean, you're putting together Masters of the Universe and, and dinosaurs. I mean, you know how just kids, like you said, you love dinosaurs. Who didn't go nuts for a Tyrannosaurus Rex and all this, Stegosaurus, whatever it was. So I remember seeing my, I'm freaking out. Got all three of them, loved them. And, uh, you know, I love the look of Bionatops. And, you know, he had his, you know, weapons and stuff. Turbodactyl, he had his little, like, gimmick and the missiles. But it was it was Tyrannosaurus Rex that did it for me. That, and like I said, he's the evil one. The other two were good, if I'm not mistaken, correct? The other two. Well, the, the mini comic depicts Turbodactyl as evil, but he's in the commercial and, and the boxer has him as, like, a heroic, you know, steed. Yes, and so, even, like, like the post 
storylines, which is a common thing in, in Master of the Universe where characters are depicted one way, but they're sold another way. So, Right. So yeah, it's like, but yeah, so I knew the other two is good, but Tyrannosaurus Rex, man, like if anybody out there, if you don't have them or whether you do, what he has is, he has a cool feature. He has this thing called the Mecha Drone. And you like twist it, you wind it up, you open his belly, you shove it in his belly, close it. And then what I would do is I'd line up all like the good guys and I'd have them in a big pile. And then I'd pull back on his back. There was like this, you know, like hidden compartment and then a lever. And when you pull the lever, the chest pops open or the stomach and that mecha jungle just goes rolling across the floor. And I remember it just, bam, would knock over all the, you know, the figures. And it's just so fun. It was, I was so obsessed with that, that the first thing I ever made in school, I can't remember if it was in maybe fifth grade, sixth grade. We had a, like a special, we had a day where we were doing like pottery or sculpting stuff. And while everybody's making an ashtray, everybody had to make an ashtray. I sculpted King Hiss in his snake form and the Mechadrome because I loved those two like together. I always connected them to. And I still have that thing. You know, it's still in my collection. It's just crazy looking. It's pretty terrible, but it's still cool. But that's how obsessed I was on, you know, the dinosaur, I mean, Tyrannosaurus Rex. And it's weird, you know, me calling you T-Rex when I started nicknaming you that. It had nothing to do with Tyrannosaurus Rex, but I guess to... Sometimes things just happen for a reason, I guess. It ties in all well, which, by the way, Erica, she's watching this as we're talking. So we're talking about you and the shirt you just got me. So it all ties in together. So hello, Erica. Hello, <laughs> Miss. Yeah, thanks for getting it for them. Oh. It's like it was meant to happen. So, but, uh, so then with those dinosaurs, like I said, uh, I mean, first, yeah, before we get into the mini comic talking about it, th that's what's weird. It's like I told you, I was obsessed on more stuff because, as everybody knows, those dinosaurs came with uh the mini comic too if i'm not mistaken didn't they also have the mini comic no they, no in fact none of them did joe they didn't oh my god i'm i'm hallucinating well then it must have been whatever figures had it then i just remember having the comic however i got it joe and, i'm completely making this up here i'm i'm, I'm doing what joe, joe joe does this thing with me and he did it today and we'll, we'll, we'll get to it later on in this episode but he, he makes these statements to me and said and it'll be like Tyler, you, uh, now you are aware of the Turkish bidet that was released under the Mattel brand that had He-Man, Skeletor, and Strider on it, right? It, it, it'll be like the most oddball thing I've ever heard of, but he talks to me as if like, oh, sure, we all know about it. We just didn't tell you. You know? And it, it's, just, it's just one of those remarks where I'm just like, why does he, does he do this? To, does he do this with everybody that, that he talks to? Like when he's at the grocery store, you know, he, he tells Nancy, he's running the register here, it's like, you, you, you did hear about that 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 German mini comic that depicts you know that Night Stalker was really depicted as a good girl, and she's like, "Sir, what the hell do you want?" Oh, well, you don't know. Well, let me just tell you about it right now. And I always feel it's probably what it is is that when Joe knows, I'm, I don't, just... I'm not aware of some unique thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know I, I didn't know. I mean, uh... no, but he, he does. So I'm sorry. I lean forward because I I got a text from America like she's mocking me for something that's going on in here that I'm not aware of. I don't know. <laughs> well, really quick, um, because like I said, I haven't I'm, had I'm not done the box. my story here, but you, oh, God, you're not finished. You sit there and, and bring up something, and you probably do it because he clearly doesn't know. So when I when you get him to say, oh, no, I don't know about it. Well, let me, you know, sit down, son. Let me tell you all about it here. It's it's like it, it's it's like his, his loophole to get you to sit down and listen to this thing that don't talk to me as if I know what it is because you know that I don't. 
So, so real quick, did, did the dinosaurs come with the comic? Yes, they did. All three of them did. Okay, because I really, I forgot. I was like, I had so many of the mini comics of that Powers of Grayskull. Like I said, because I, I have nothing carded. I opened them all as a kid, but okay, good. Then it was there. See, I wasn't just baiting you into a conversation. Maybe I was. No, I, I'm, I'm doing reverse on you here. I'm pretending, you know, oh, well, you know, Joe, they really didn't. That's when you're supposed to ask me, wow, I had no idea. Tell them, Please tell me more. You know, See, tell I'm doing the bait so, and switch thing that he does with me, and he probably does it with everybody that contacts him. I don't about, that. You know, Did you hear about the you know, the Guatemalan version of the horror trooper? It came with you know camo colors. You ever heard about that? I mean, I'm clearly you must have heard about that. You have that, don't you? No, I don't have that. Where did you get that? I had that. Just once in a while, He's I do. It. Oh. While. I wish I had a nickel for every conversation before we did this podcast that Joe will hit me. You up can buy Megator mitten box. Yeah, no, this is like now you do have that. He's like, I'm pretty sure he's like Joe. Where did you get this? And what bathroom stall did you read it in? Or what fortune cookie did you crack open that that told you this very thing here? Because I never said no such thing, but Joe well, does it all the time. I do. Okay, dang it, I do. But well, speaking sorry, of fortune, because you did it earlier today, and like I said, we'll get to it when we get there. I just I can't I wait. Just couldn't wait to to bring that up because I'm yeah, just, and I look forward to when you do it again. Why does you always assume I, I I know what he's talking or, or, or that I that I had that or that I did say that? He does it all the time, but I'm not the only one too. All right, yeah. If anybody else thinks I've now done that, that side rant is over. <laughs> yeah, the Tyler rant's over. Well, well. Anyway, so you know, you're right. You read this mini comic, and yes, there's a they're alluding to you know a character or a mystery character at the end. But you know, the comic says part one of a three part mini series. So. You go to the store as a kid, you don't have internet back then, and you're waiting, okay, what's coming next, and when are we going to get part two and part three, and, and nothing, and nothing. And like I said, that was my obsession then of really going to the stores. That's the first time that you were really under the impression you were getting something, and you're waiting for it. So to go and go and go and get nothing, like I said, that's how I eventually, like I told you, when I was in Elder Beerman's, and the lady showed me that catalog. And she's like, I'm going to show you something that they might be releasing here, but they don't know if it's coming. She opens it up, and holy crap, they had Gigantosaur. They had Titus and Megator. I mean, it showed Hero. It showed all these. I was like, oh, this is what we're supposed to be getting. And I remember just looking at Gigantosaur absolutely freaking out, saying, look how big this son of a son of gun is. I mean, he is a monster. And so are the giants. And of course, when you never got them, then that's like a kick right in the you know the nuts. Balls, the balls. Yeah, I mean, bam, just right there. You didn't get them, so it sucks that we never got those because we were expecting to get them. Because the story, I mean, it was great. You find out now you're right. Okay, this is hero that's supposed to be at you know at the end. And what were we gonna get? And and we never did. And see now, of course, you know, you fast forward to classics. No, no, we got Joe. This is stop that say because no, we did not get the continuation of the power well that, that's what i'm gonna get to all right you're right so we fast forward to classics and they give us a, a part two and a part three now here's the thing sure i mean it's great for the classics figures and they got mini comics and whatever but that's not what we would have got back then because remember these characters that were in those mini comics didn't even exist back then there, there was no king grayskull there was no mighty specter there was none of this nonsense that wouldn't have been back then so that's why I'd hope, because, you know, that's why we're talking about the powers of Grayskull. I love that line so much, the dinosaurs and what could have been. This is why I really hope and pray that if Super 7 decides to make Hero and Eldor, you know, the ones that we never got back then, give one a part two mini comic, the other a part three. But 
have somebody maybe write a story that would try to build upon on what they believe then not taking into account what we have now with mighty specters or laser lock king grayskull no wash that all out of your brain because back then we wouldn't have got that i would love to wonder what could have been i mean did you ever have any vision of like what did you think could have been an extension of that story but well, sure as hell didn't involve laser lock or specter or any of those other ridiculous characters king grayskull and it didn't involve hero dying in the second issue you know, yeah, especially wasn't Hero it called Unleashed. Hero Unleashed? Yeah, Hero Unleashed. It's like looking awesome, and he does nothing in the whole thing except die. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Cue, cue, cue the Willem yell right now. This is the, this is an appropriate time to, to have Willem Black scream for mall rats as we talk about these two <laughs> ridiculously bad mini comics. Exactly. But, you know, it's like, see, this is when Super 7 needs to get in contact with Larry Houston and bring him out and illustrate the last two issues of the Powers of Grayskull mini-comics. That'd be great. Yes, it would be. So uh, here's there's a uh, just a, a friendly tidbit to the good people at Super 7. Um, exactly. But uh, it, it, it there was so much going on in that mini-comic from, you know, to see all those dinosaurs that were drawn with mechanical parts. And you didn't hear any of this BS of a techno-virus and all this other crap either. It was just there, and it didn't need an explanation. Dinosaurs right. got guns on them. Who cares? It looks awesome. So, right. so people who have who have you know they they've come back to the fold or they 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 didn't know a whole lot about it, but you you remember the toys and you read these. You know, you're better off reading stuff on a bathroom stall than than reading those those mini comics and bios right now. It could be anything written on a bathroom stall. I don't care what it is. It's more more enlightening than what you what you would read in these two mini comics. But it, it was. Um, it, it was just, uh, it was so cool to see the Snake Man running the show and it, you know, to see them as, as the prominent bad guys, King Hiss, you know, being the warlord that he is. And uh, certainly did not think a, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if there's people out there. It certainly didn't sound like a lot of people were happy to hear the unnamed one was just an evil looking trollin pulling the strings on, on King Hiss. I don't buy that either, people. So. It, that's I just I like you know what that's a character that I'm like leave that up to be a mystery you know that's it's just one of those things I'm like you know what I'd rather not have that explained at all I'd rather the the three part story be He Man interacting with Hero and Eldor and then them battling you know the the Snake Men and and that way He Man you know goes back to his own time the towers get you know sunk back into the ground and then we're back to current day attorney kind of thing but um. I, 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 it was, I, my biggest thing was I wanted to see who the mystery guy was. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, that's all I cared about is who is the mystery guy. And that, yeah. that was my only, um, uh, question as a kid. And it was like that for years when I would look at it, like, who's the mystery guy? Who is it? I mean, who, and, you know, and, what a, and that's a shame because what you just said, I mean, we know it's hero, obviously we've waited years to have some amazing, great story of hero. Cause you know, I enjoyed, I know you didn't, but for MYP, I did enjoy King Grayskull. I like the new thing with him. Even though I would have loved to have Hero, I was like, I still like King Grayskull. But see, it's the thing. Hero has never got his chance to shine. Since they didn't do it in MYP, you figured, okay, here's the mini comics. This is finally our chance. We're going to see the most powerful wizard or whatever in the universe do his thing. Let's see his magic. Let's see his abilities, how awesome he can be. And... 
nothing. He gets killed. He does nothing. I was like, what a disrespect to Hero, the character that we've waited so long and has built this momentum and this, this, this fan base and nothing. That's what's sad is Hero's never got any kind of respect. And, oh, wait. I don't know what T-Rex is doing. He's This is what I was told about earlier. But there's a shirt hanging. I guess it makes it look unprofessional here. <laughs> there you go, live on the show. His girlfriend said, get that damn shirt that, off that well, door right there. He sent me a text while I was recording saying, you got a shirt hanging behind it. And I couldn't. I was like, what, what the hell is she talking about? That's what it was. <laughs> Plus, that looks better on it with the commemorative figures and another live action. There. Right there. Thanks, so, Erica. You did make I, that side look better. I apologize for, for it looking like I, I, I'm living in squalor right now. Exactly. Well, it looks better. Thanks, Erica. Pop that side a little bit better. But uh, no, like I said, it's just so sad that Hero has never got his chance to truly shine. So that's why really Super 7, I mean, if you're listening, you make that figure, you make Eldor, have somebody get involved, some really talented writers, somebody that can make a very fun comic and let it be about Hero. This is the character it needs to be about. And give him a great story and let him shine. Let him do his thing. Let him use the magic that we're supposed to see since, you know, we never got to see it in this new type of stories, which that is, it's a shame. It really is a shame. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's just one of those great, and that's what makes the last year of He-Man that much bittersweet because as much as some people feel like, oh, man, no, it's all about the first wave of figures, guy. You know, now they got you crazy. They're like, no, they didn't. It's just like the line continued to get better and better and better. And in 87, you just feel like, geez, man, how, how much better can this line get? And uh, they uh, – um, I got another message from her, so I'm, I'm, I'm responding to that. Sorry. Um, uh, now I've lost my train of thought. Thanks, Where, Erica. There you go. Just she, she's yeah. She, she, she's she's having she's having too much fun at my expense right now. Um, he just had his Wesley Nielsen. Where the hell was I? Moment from Naked I, Gun. Uh, oh, oh. Um, you said the figures were getting better and better. The line was oh, getting yes, better. Yes, and better. yes, yes. And and that's what made the powers of Grayskull that that much more devastating because it was just oh man we're gonna get a spinoff series of, of uh, you know, the, the origin of He-Man's power, not King Grayskull, people. And you know what? I want to take this moment to, to sit there and, and say the hero is the, is the, you know, it was written before King Grayskull. I do not buy it. I watched that episode several times when it came out, only because of the horror, and I think most people will say that very reason, too. I do not accept that this larger version of He-Man, you know, just learning about the power is all within himself and all that crap, blah, 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 blah. Meaningless, pointless, doesn't exist. Um, the, but it, it was just it was just so cool to learn that there was going to be the spinoff series of Hero and other characters, and the Snake Men were going to, which means we probably would have gotten more Snake Men characters. So, fans of King Hiss and the Snake Men, we probably got would have gotten more characters. We would have gotten uh, other types of villains, probably wizards, barbarians, cavemen. Who knows what we would have gotten? More Gigantosaur would have arrived. We would have gotten Megatron, Titus here in the states. Maybe even been giants for all that. It, it just it just it, that's what makes it so such a sad year is that we we got so many great characters with like Clamp Champ and Scareglow, Mosquito, uh, the Sorceress, and Squeeze, and the movie figures, and then it all just shuts down. You know, yeah. it's just it's unfortunate. so much potential, and and that powers the Grayskull line. That's something that I w- I would love to see Super Seven just spread out on. You know, right. Get Axel to to design like you know new characters like new Snake Man characters or new 
new uh, swordsman characters, new uh, hey, evil wizards and things. Well, remember bringing those characters from the uh, the Errol McCarthy arc, the ones of those weird mashup. Oh figures. yes, yeah, like the uh, well, you know, you could bring in like uh, uh, like uh, tie in like a uh, the the horde troopers that that have the the, the statement horde troop that kind yeah. of thing. You know, and uh, there's all kinds of stuff stuff they could have done, and um, and they would I, trust me, fans would eat that stuff up, especially in the five and a half inch line, which, like I said, that's what we're expecting. They'll eat those up. And I'll tell you what, I also did a poll on my page. This was maybe a year ago. And I said, if they were able to make more vehicles and other things and unproduced stuff, which of these would you want? I was showing like the the gyro attacker and this and that, but I also showed Gigantosaur. There's another thing that, that was that was just like, we could have gotten this fantastic vehicle to utilize the, uh, the energy zoids. Exactly. We could have got, you know, it's a big kick in the balls. Right, it, it is. That's what I mean. We could have got that too. But I tell you what, Super Seven, don't think fans aren't into dinosaurs because I didn't sway. It's not like I was pushing people in any direction. I said, which of these would you want the most? And I tell you what, almost everybody was saying, I want Gigantosaur. Everybody was saying, I want Gigantosaur. I don't care how much it is. They want that sucker. So trust me, if you put him out and let's say he was a hundred bucks, hundred twenty, hundred fifty. At the size he would be, and if you could just give him his little open up little features out of his chest and anything, trust me, fans, they would do their pre-order on that. I know I would. I, I haven't got something in a long time, but to get a Gigantosaur, oh, man, that's a no-brainer. They'd have no issue. I, I want other dinosaurs. I would want raptors done. I would want a Stegosaurus done. I, I, I would want all, a, a variety of different dinosaurs, a Plesiosaurus. You know, uh, just ones that, that had different, you know, weapons and things like that. Make some for make some for King Hiss. Make some for Hero. It just, like a little army that, builder. You know, like dino riders. You got good dinosaurs and evil dinosaurs. They all got guns. You know. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, you're right. They could have some super small ones, and maybe they'd be like little army builders of some kind of weird little dinosaur creatures or something. I could see all that stuff just selling like, like uh, crazy. Bonehead dinosaur. We have like a, a ramming action or something like that. You know. It's, yeah. The sky's the limit when you're dealing with dinosaurs and He-Man. I mean, just look at the Dino Riders toy and how awesome that was. You throw that exactly. in with He-Man toys, it's 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 like butter. Like I said, again, it would <laughs> be just silent there. Okay. No, no, really. It, well, there was a slight delay for some reason when you talked. I don't know what happened. It oh, kind of oh, froze. Joe, for... like, Tyler, hang it up there. I'm going to pull you off the stage. No, no, it was, a, it was a freeze for a moment. You froze on me. So, well, that's our giant Powers of Grayskull discussion. From the toys to the comics, the stories of what we've had, what we kind of got recently, and, uh, you know, what we'd like to see. So that's all that. Now, I, I want to, this is before we dig into the, the next discussion, I, I don't want to forget, I wanted to answer a question that Paul Rudman sent me um, in regards to uh, last week's episode real quick. Go ahead. Do you mind? No, you go right ahead. Okay. All right, all right, Paul, you asked me this uh, last week, so I'll, I'll answer this. Um, he had asked um, what other possible crossovers could, could I see as um, um, a perfect fit for He-Man. And, of course, the first is, is yeah. always going to be He-Man Thundercats because it can still work uh, regardless of the uh, the idiots writing it right now. Uh don't don't give up hope. It still can be done. There's tons of ways of writing a good He-Man Thundercats crossover, but that's number one. Okay. Um, I I definitely see a, a Silverhawks Shira crossover. Uh, that's and, different. Uh, okay. I, I say that simply because I, I could see uh, 
the horde suffering from not being able to, you know, collect taxes because the rebellion is doing such a great job of, of kicking them in the rear end over that. So they they get in contact with Monstar and the mob to set up casinos on Etheria. <laughs> hey, what, what about, uh, you know, it's interesting you say it because that does sound cool, but do you think a new adventure Silverhawks would maybe have a cooler vibe? Maybe or no? No, wait a second here. L- listen to you. You just sat there and told me, that's a pretty cool idea. But here, I got one that's better than that. <laughs> You know, well, real quick, does you it sound, cool? sound more fake and phony with with that that very little pissant enthusiasm? Like, yeah, that was kind of good, but this is better. No, but real quick, I mean, what do you think? New Adventure Silverhawks? Maybe? Of course, New Adventure Silverhawks works. All right, cool. All right, there you go. Oh, go back I, to your amazing Shiva one. I'm just saying because I like the character Poker Face, and I like the mob, and I could see them setting up casinos all around Etheria and. And because the Ethereans are not being taxed yet, they're prospering. And then you got someone like Molecular walking around town disguising himself, saying, hey, you guys can benefit so well by checking out these new casinos. I got real rich about it and stuff like that. Yeah. So all the Ethereans are going to the casinos and losing their money to a uh, team up of the Horde and the mob. And, of course, uh, they're they're distracted during all this while you know, Buzzsaw and ha- uh, Hardware and Windhammer going out causing chaos over Ethereans. So they're they're preoccupied with the mob tearing up the place while the Ethereans are going broke in Poker Faces casinos. The money's going back to the Horde and Monstar, but then they start skimming, turn on each other, and the Silverhawks come to investigate it there. And it just all, 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 all hell breaks loose. And it's going to be a great team. Dilemug and Grizzlor could be the bouncers or something. Yeah, kind of- it had them work, work well. See, no, 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 you, you can't have that. The whole point of the story is to talk the Ethereans into coming and gambling away their money willingly with no Horde connections. They don't know who the oh. piece is. That's all. And Molecular, who who is the you know, he disguises himself. You know, he changes molecules and become whatever he wants. So he was going around from town to town, talking people and thinking, you know, check out these casinos. And you know, I got really rich. You got extra money. Why not check it out? So the, they're losing the money to the house all the time. That's run by Poker Face, and the money's being sent back to the whore, and they're splitting in between uh, the whore and and Monstar's mob. And of course, with evil. You know, gets going. They start cheating and cutting on the other. And of course, they're they're a lot. They turn on each other. Yeah, each other. But Copper Kid have a thing for Glamour because Copper Kid is cool and Glamour is hot. You know, and you have Tally Hawk. You know, uh, you know, you know, amazing cow is like cow's just like who's the shiny bird kind of thing. So much stuff you could do with that one. But the new, but we we don't want to take away from Joe's thunder here. Of course, New Adventure Silverhawks is is is. A, a perfect idea to have, you know, the Silver Hawks, you know, following, you know, uh, or, or catch wind of uh, the mutants attacking, you know, uh, a, a particular location in New Limbo, in a, line, a temporary alignment with uh, Skeletor and the mutants and Monstar and the mob, and you got He-Man and Quicksilver, you know, kicking ass together, and it, it's hey. good. And good times will be had by all. By all. All right. Well, those that is some great crossover stuff. So I'm glad to hear. But but Joe's anxious to leave the subject behind here because no, I'm it, not. It, it that... was not solely dedicated to, to, to Crazy Joe Amato here. You know, no mask. That was no. That was good. A great crossover. So I appreciate. Like I said, we could be here all day talking about crossovers. We could take up the whole eight hours because I mean, there's a lot that could be done. I, I got more. Just throw out real quick. I got Brave Star and He Man, Black Star and He Man. Um. Um. 
Gosh, I had another one earlier. Dungeons and Dragons and He-Man. You got to bring fantasy, fantasy, magic, magic, Venger and Skeletor and Dungeon Master doing riddles and doing stuff with the Sorceress. That'd just be great. Then, then you can bring so. it. You still haven't really seen much of Dungeons and Dragons. You gotta, you I'm gotta see because your enthusiast is like, you know what? You cut me off. I'm just like, nah, that idea sucks. Thanks. Well, you crushed the bottle last week on me when I was talking. Disrespecting me. You're sitting there saying you like King Grayskull. I was ready to finish this bottle and crush it against my head like John Belushi. <laughs> I do like King Grayskull. But, oh, yeah. Well, hey, one quick thing. I I so, wanted to give a shout-out to one of the appreciate those, those, uh, those, those ideas for crossovers. So, uh, before before Joe's about ready to, you know, blow a gasket here. And so I'm not going to blow a gasket. That's all right. It's cool. But now, I was going to say – um. I did want to give a, a shout out to a person that's been posting really cool drawings in the One Masters of the Universe He Man and Shira Facebook group. I mean, my page that I have. His name's Rob Chope. And I think we had a discussion one time where we were talking about we don't see a lot of, like, you know, fan art for certain other characters. And Whiplash. Yeah, he showed that Whiplash. I mean, that was amazing. I mean, he's done so many characters, but I mean, his name, like I said, his name's Rob Chope. And, uh, you guys haven't seen him online, try to give him a look up on Facebook, and you can see he's he's done some amazing pieces. Really cool stuff. So I said I'd give him a shout-out, and I did. Now, uh, well, now we're going to move into a discussion. This is probably going to talk about how I try to bait you in or something. But we're going to talk about an episode of Princess of Power, and that episode is gr The Greatest Magic. Now, I, I go ahead. What was I doing to bait you in? But what, what did you think of this episode? Because I didn't think I, I was I, I, uh shamefully had not seen this episode before okay and but i had heard of this episode okay so hits me up saying he wants to do greatest magic and i said i i haven't watched this oh i'm sure you'll remember it. i'm thinking joe i just told you i had not seen it before but what? somehow joe is convinced oh sure you have oh you know as if like of all the things that i remember about master of the universe and shira and I tell him there's something I don't know. He goes, oh, yeah, sure what? you do. Well, if you don't know, well, here, I... sit down. Let, let me tell you about it anyway, you know. No, what I meant is I know you got an amazing memory for, and like, when you tell you, I don't know it. And Joe's like, it. ah, hold, hold up. Hold up. Like I said, I know you got your amazing memory for like when you rented the things and there's the ones that you absolutely memorized. But I figured I'm sure you caught some of them on TV that maybe you just didn't, you know, rent. And no, no, no. It'll... Just for the record, I, I, I can remember one occasion in particular seeing She-Ra on TV when I got home from daycare when I was three or four years old. And I remember seeing Grizzlor, Leech, and Mantana and a bunch of the Horde members kind of all together. And that, that's really about it. My, most of my She-Ra members come from VHS tapes. And the greatest magic was not, at least I don't recall, and still to this day don't recall it being on VHS. So, See, so I, that's why I, I thought you might have seen it on TV and had some memory of it. I really thought you might have had some memory once you watched again. Like, oh, I remember that. That's it's, what it's I was like I was it's it's something like that. I, I can tell you specifically, I saw The Witch and the Warrior on TV for a very short period. You know, I, and that's uh, I, things that go bump in the night. Oddly enough, both Clawful episodes. But... Those were two of the very few episodes I remember seeing on TV, and that was, everything else was VHS. So, for, so Lord Mask here to sit there and tell me what I did and did not remember, you know. So what? Well, all right. So what did you think of the Greatest Magic? What did you think of this? Episode? I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was. It was. Um, and I heard about this episode because I thought, hey, it's. I, I, I hate that I, I just now sat down and watched it because I had every intention of sitting down and watching it because you know. Um, 
I, the Shearer series was one that I, I didn't manage to get on bootleg uh, when I got He-Man and Thundercats, but I, I was intrigued by the episode of seeing Uncle Montork and She-Ra. Um, right. And I, and at the time, I didn't know that Driel was in it, and I, I knew that it took place on, you know, Trolla and stuff like that. But that, that's about was that one of the first times She-Ra was ever on Trolla? Was that her first time there? Yes, and I, I, I don't yeah. want to sit there and say that that's the only time because I don't have She-Ra as memorized uh, as much as as I do He-Man, but because I, I, I don't think a whole lot of episodes took She-Ra to areas that are more linked to He-Man. You know, like she came to like the 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 past of Eternia and met Granamir, you know, in the, um, oh gosh, something in dark smoke. Jesus driving me nuts. Um, Shiver fans have got, you know, don't worry. I, I understand your pain. Me not remember. Uh, oh, man, I just want to cuss right now. Anyway, that's all right. just going to this episode. The episode, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was good to see more, more, uh, more of Trala and uh, to see Uncle Montork and Driel, of course, and I, I enjoyed Driel being instantly jealous uh, of Shira's hotness in that episode. So yeah. that, that was what a, think, a fun touch. Or- and, and it was cool to establish that Orca is just visiting Etheria to begin with, and it has nothing to do with He-Man or anything right. like that. He's just there hanging out with Madame Raz and the Rebellion and and just uh, as, a, as a cool visitor. Yep, yep, exactly. Because that's the thing is and, and when it started... Reviewing pleasures we're talking right now. Exactly. There you go. But yeah, that's how it started was uh, just out of nowhere. It just starts off where Orko says, you know, uh, I think Matt Ryan was like, thanks, Orko. Like they were sharing magic or something. And then they're just going to, Orko's going to go back home. And suddenly this thing starts whirling in the air. And she was, you know, Adora turns to She-Ra and is like going to protect him. But, you know, she thinks it's come after her, but it's going after Orko. And it sucks them both through. And it's Montork wanting to pull Orko to Trala, but it pulls She-Ra too. Because there's something going on. There's uh there's uh, the, the Crimson Council has come up missing. And so they got to figure what's happening. And so they got to go find the the high priest muck muck or something and muckus and all these crazy names. But I just remembered as a kid, what I liked about it so much was just seeing, like you said, first, it's like, oh, there's Orko and he's on She-Ra. And like, wait a second, now She-Ra's going to Trala. And look at all these Trollins. Because, you know, you always thought it was cool anytime you've seen a different Trollin. And this one was loaded. I mean, beyond the Crimson Council, which we've seen before, but like I said, the Crimson Council and the High Priest Muckus and Muck and Muckus, and and then you see Dr. Zug is this evil little sucker that's supposed to be in Flotsam Prison, and you find out he, like, escaped, and then he, like, you know, put everybody in the prison, like Warden Umpty, and that, that was another thing. He's a trollin', but he's, like, the the warden well yeah so he's in this like blue outfit he's got this like kind of like you know helmet and a star on it and everything and so it was just the amount of different challenge you've seen but what you've seen was again when you were talking about the the hug orko when he gets pulled in and they're they're on a trolla then orko like hugs gives she a hug i forgot why he gave her a hug but then driel sees it well, when you give her a hug too well, hell yeah. I mean, yeah, you got it. But um, so it gives her a hug. Driel sees it, and Driel gets jealous. What's funny is, I like how for some reason when Driel called Orko, Shira gave a dirty look to Driel. I was like, now that I was weird. That, I was like, I'm thinking, is she? Yeah, is, like, is she the type who's like she needs to be the dominant female in any situation that no matter who's around, people are exactly because you know, they're they're yeah, just her up and down. 
Right, because Jarell didn't say anything negative at the time. She's like, Orko, what are you, or I forgot how she said it, but She-Ra gave this weird look. And then, of course, Jarell is kind of jealous of what, you know, happened there. Like that. Exactly. So it all leads to things, you know, some people get captured or whatever. I mean, and Jarell gets captured. And then you find out a kind of a cool little feature of, like, Trollins. Uncle Montork says, do you, like, love Jarell? And Orko says, yes. It's like, well... It's known that, I guess, if you really have a love and connection, you can share your magic through the person you love, I guess. And so Orca was able to communicate and keep thinking and saying, Driel, Driel, and was able to use his magic through her. So I thought that was neat to find a new type of, like, magic ability between Trollins. And that was kind of like the message of the show was, like, love is the most powerful magic of all. But another thing is, you see, is... You know, it's like how you always say there's conflicting things about powers. You know, we've seen She-Ra kick a planet like nothing, like she's kicking a soccer ball. But when Dr. Zug is ready to shoot this, like, it's like where the Muckus lives. It's like where, uh, you know, the, yeah, Muckus, the High Muckus or something, where she stays at and he stays at. It's like this kind of palace. He wants to shoot that into another dimension or something with some kind of beam he created. So she was like, well, I, I'll try to just move this whole entire place. So she jumps out the window and then she shoves and she pushes it out of range of that, that shot and saves it. Well, she's drained of energy. So it makes you wonder like, okay, I know they've written her many ways. It's like, okay, if you can move a planet, why are you having trouble moving a structure? Is it because possibly in different worlds and different dimensions, maybe your strength is different. Like maybe on Trala, she doesn't have the same strength. See, as you're going to see here for the people who are watching, maybe she doesn't have the same type of strength on Trala. Maybe because uh, it's a magical it, world. No, no, no. I, I have to shoot that theory down right now. Something because you look at He-Man and Donald Dragoon. The only thing that, that, that's altered about him is that he has to transform into He-Man backwards. His strength okay. is still the same, but that's the, the, the magic works differently because it's not Trollin magic. I can see she, oh. she, if, if a door was on Trala. She wouldn't be able to turn into Shira unless she says, you know, for the honor of grace, go backwards. Okay, you but know, luckily she made it there as Shira already. She was already Shira, yeah. but okay, so, so you're right. Her strength should have been the well, same. That's like, I, I, I always disregard those feats because that's clearly when the writers, you know, they get out of control. You know, I thought, of course, Larry Detellier wrote this episode too. And I, as, as I was watching it, I got a lot of, uh, uh, um, it made me think of the episode Orko's Missing Magic, which is written by Larry Detailer also, which is an Orko-based episode. It, it just it, it felt like there was a, a kinship between the two. But um, in regards to I just saw She-Ra is just an ass kicker in this episode. Like, everything she's doing re resolves around kicking somebody's ass. Oh, she did. And she also, she, she couldn't touch. Yeah, because she couldn't touch those one, uh, those one uh, energy-sucking droids. Like, if you touch them, the, they... Uh, uh, yeah, Zoids or Energy Zoids or so something like that. And not, yeah, they not, would like not, not the. Yeah, I know not the Energy Zoids, but yeah, I forgot what they were called. But they would suck energy if you touch. So she had to use different ways to like defeat them. Like one time, I think she grabbed like a big pillar and threw it. And the other time, as you see here, she tricks them with her acrobatics, goes between them, and when she gets between them, those things shoot themselves. So. That's the way they destroyed it. So she was doing good acrobatic features of ways. Of course, I kept thinking, just use your sword. But that's why I wish they wouldn't have shown the part with pushing that building. Because no, I, like, I like that, though, because it's we've seen He-Man move, you know, large. You know, he's picked up Castle Grayskull, but he had a help from the sorceress on that one. But 
to, to see, you know, she remove an entire building and, it, and it's, you know, it's an all intact. It, it's, oh, that was cool. I just didn't like that they made I'm it look like it, it wiped it, out. It, it, make, it, it makes sense that, you know, at some point you feel like moving something like an entire castle by yourself that you, that Hemisher could get winded from that. that that's why I feel like the, the writing's not getting out of control with their feats of strength. No, it didn't. But that's what I mean. It's, it's just like... like this is exactly what you're saying here. Well, no, 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 listen. Goo. Listen, I'm just saying, I wish they wouldn't have did the out-of-breath thing because, like I said, at other well, times you're seeing her do stuff. To, like I said, well, first she's moving planets, kicking planets. She's done a lot I'm of... Saying, things. I don't buy the whole planets thing. That's just when the writers have got... They're, just, they're all over the place. Well, I know. It's just... It, I'm it's picturing... good to see that, you know, these, like, that there are some things... She just needs to catch her breath. Well, I know, but it just, come on, she's the most powerful woman in the universe, and she's having trouble moving a building, and she's out of breath. That was just a little too much, because I figured Where's my I, like, Listen, there's extremes where, like you said, maybe there is an extreme kicking a plant like a soccer ball. Okay, that's too much. But then I thought, okay, getting out of breath out of a building, why don't you just have her push it but not get out of breath? I mean, that well, was... You're probably perfectly fine with He-Man talking to the meteors in outer space and not worrying about his, about his breathing. You know, oh, you yeah, that's fine. It's just like Superman 4. Perfectly fine. That's like Superman 4, having the woman breathing out of space. Nothing makes sense. It's fine. Yeah, everything's it's out of control it. from beginning to end with that movie, and that's what makes it still a nostalgic, fun movie to watch. See? Well, like I said, this episode, I mean, I did love it. Like, well, say, just we'll from... talk about that. We got, he, we got Superman turning back time in the first movie, so they were taking liberties with all those films anyway. So, you know, it, you know, at least with He-Man, there's – there, and he meant sure there are episodes where it's like it's not out of control with the strength because people have questioned it, and that's why I'm like, eh, you just kind of dig a little too much into it here. I know. Well, I again, you got I, some nerve bring a Superman four in this discussion here and act as if like it's. And of course, we know it's out of control. It's terrible. No, but yeah. So, anyways, I like to, I really love this episode. Like, I. <laughs> Shut up. I love this episode. I love all the characters that were in it. I love seeing she go to trial. I loved all the back and forths, the new things about finding out Trollin's powers and their connection. And like I said, it was just that little part of getting out of breath that drove me nuts with she But otherwise, I mean, I really love this episode. I'm glad you finally got to see it because I, I like I said, I was surprised you didn't, but uh, I, well, I know. like Because like, I, I, I tended to watch a lot of the, the He-Man based episodes more, I mean, when I, when I got the sets because you know, there was, you know, until the sets came out, it was pretty much just watching what I had on VHS, which was only a couple of tapes. Um, but uh, not that that's one that just um, I, I uh, just never got around to watching until tonight. So um, I, I, it, was a, it was a good recommendation. Yeah, for anybody who's mm-hmm. never seen it, you just, you'll freak out seeing just so many Trollins. And even like, I mean, they went through the effort of not just doing, like when they showed the, the prisoners that were from that prison, you know, in the prison, it wasn't like they just showed the same one and multiplied it by 10. They really went through the effort of drawing all these different little prisoners. And I mean, just guys, you got to go watch that episode. Like I said, you got to see The Greatest Magic because... It's full of so many different things. I mean, I really think everybody will get a kick out of it. I mean, I know I did. That's when, to let you know, when I first started doing customs, that was one of the first orders somebody asked me to do. They said, can you make And I was like, oh, wow. I remember this episode. I'm a blast. So I made, I think, maybe 10 from that episode, maybe. But, yeah, let me just look at it. There's just – they're loaded with so many different characters. So – 
great episode. I'm glad you finally got to see it, and uh, I'm glad we got to discuss it because that that is it, a great. What's episode. good too is that there's no mention of Overlords of Trolla, which is another classic bio monstrosity. Yeah, you know, I mean, just think, why go to? Like yeah, because I mean, I just think, why do you need to like go to? You know, think, oh, we got to create something new because there's nothing out there. It's like, shoot, go back and look at this stuff. There's tons of things you could have went from. I mean, look see, the people that are put in charge of of, of He Man. They don't have time to go back and watch classic episodes or do research. They they just uh, you know I guess they just kind of sit on the toilet and hope they fart, fart or crap something out that you know what maybe that'll stick. I'll write that you know. Yeah, I mean I like new stuff. Don't get me wrong, I like new stuff. But I mean, if you're saying there's nothing to build off of, I mean it's like you're crazy. You, you could have took all the stuff that we just said from this episode and went bananas with those characters and you know build upon them and gave new stories. But yeah, just don't disregard like, oh, we didn't have nothing. It's like, no, we, we had quite a bit. This episode was absolutely loaded. So this is, like I said, this is one episode I've always really enjoyed. So it's a great episode of Princess of Power. If you want to go and watch it, watch it. But yeah, it, so it, was, our- it was a fun episode. And I, I, could, I could see James E. Todd not liking how the episode kind of wraps itself up with love. I could see him just kind of face palming oh. himself, you know. I know what he face palmed himself because what I face palmed myself was Lucky at the end. When you're like, hey, hey, Lucky. And he came with this little message. His message was, if you buy a pet, take care of your pet or something. I was like, huh? What's that got to do with this? What, what does this moral have to do with this show about buy a pet and take care of your pet? Bye now. I was like, all right, thanks, Lucky, for I don't know what. You, you act as if like that's never happened. They had, uh, uh, I think it's Creatures from the Tar Swamp where he wants to tell, tell kids about safety. Like, be careful driving a car or crossing the road. I know, but some episodes, like I said, a lot did have something to do with it. And I thought this one, you figured how they were stressing about, it's called, you know, the greatest magic. And then at the end, when Uncle Montork's talking about love is the greatest magic, you figure that was definitely going to be the moral. They're going to talk about, you know. Like, like the moral of the storm, like the moral of the storm was about loving your pets. <laughs> that's a, and that's why you need to be holding like, coffee as you're saying that, you know, yes, you know, take care of your pets. And, no, I was for sure. We'll talk the crazy was... The new adventures got kid, uh, got Hydron and Flipshot telling kids to make sure they brush their teeth before bed. It's like, what does that have was... to do with the story? I definitely figured that the moral of the story so was going to... Just take care of your pets, you know? Yeah, I, I was for sure it was going to be about love and about loving one another. But I guess not loving pets is similar, so that was a quick way. So <laughs> there you go. But uh, well, that's our episode for the week. And so before we sign off, Tyler... Final thoughts, recommendations, what you got for us? Hmm. Uh, recommendation this week. I'm going to have to go with, I wonder if I should recommend a she episode or a He-Man episode this week. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the, um, I struggle with this. Some, I really need to start writing down the episodes that I recommend because I don't I ever want to repeat myself. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to go with, um, you know, did I, have I recommended Duel at Devlin before? I don't think I have, have I? You've talked about it before on many, I, I mean, well, I guess, well, I but I don't so, think you recommended it, no. Yeah. So for people who are, aren't familiar with Die of the Mug, or, you know, because I talk about it a lot, I've posted about them and things like that. Um, if you're going to learn or, or curious about the character of Die of the Mug, if you're going to watch one episode, that's the one to watch. Don't watch. I, I would not recommend. He's in a few other episodes, not many, and he doesn't play a real prominent role. But Duel at Devlin, 
is is run and owned by Dylanbug. He's voiced by George Dicenzo with that kind of old old kind of uh, radio voice. I don't know how you describe it. Creeped me out as a kid. But uh, it's he's it's, not slipping on banana peels and making a fool out of himself. In no, that no, because no, he does that much later on. Like he shows up in Shades of Orko, you know, an episode where Orko shows up. And him and Grizzle are trying to catch a shadow, and he's depicted as, you know, you, you, when you see him in Duel of Devil, you realize, oh, man, this character really fell from grace. <laughs> right. Because it's, it's, it's like the episode, it's, it's like the movie um, uh, The Magnificent Seven or The Seven Samurai, where, you know, these bullies are picking on this town and help shows. It's not exactly, but it kind of has that vibe to it, where uh, Dylan Mug's like leading a, a group of, of horror troopers. They're kind of like a biker gang that are coming in tormenting. Uh, Devlin, you know, and she has to show up and, and save the day and talk the, uh, the the townspeople into standing up for themselves. So it's it's good. And Dylanbog just reeks of of, of evil in that in that episode. So if people wonder like, why does Tyler want Dylanbog so much in classics, you know, uh, that's the reason why is that episode. So he would make an awesome figure. No, he really would. He would make an awesome figure. So yeah, that's a would. good recommendation. Yep. So that's a good recommendation. And well. As for me, you can always go to popculturenetwork.com, fansofpower.com, hemanworld.com, and on Facebook, go to Masters of the Universe, He-Man and She-Ra Ultimate Fan Group. All great places, all great people. So until next time, have a powerful day. How do you think we run this organization without exactly the marching dimes? <laughs>